Welcome, hockey fans, to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I am your temporary host, Bilberg Jr. Uh, with me this week are Bilberg and Michael Trzinski. Dell and MJ are off fighting crime dressed in capes. Um, we'll get started early this week. Should be a quick show this week. We'll get started with our games of the week. Uh, first off, Burglar, Wasa Weston Spash for the Wisconsin Valley Conference title. Well, for the second game in a week in a row that I was supposed to cover, I once again failed to cover it. Uh, the game was scheduled for Thursday night last week, and it got snowed out and was rescheduled for Friday afternoon, and I could not make it over there. Uh, what I do know is that Spash led one to nothing after the first period. Uh, West tied it up two to two uh, in this in two to two after two periods. Um, Spash got their goals from Nick Norgeran and Trey Zag. Uh, Wausau West tied it up uh, the first, tied it up one to one with a goal from Sam Teckel, and then tied it up two to two with a goal from Mark Sipple. So it was tied two and two after the second period. And then the third period was the Mark Sipple show where he scored three goals and led Wausau West to a five to two win and an outright uh, hold on the Wisconsin Valley Conference uh, title with a perfect 10-0 record in the Wisconsin Valley this season. So congratulations to Wausau West on their Wisconsin Valley Conference crown. When was the last time they didn't win that? I'd have to go look. Because I was thinking about that. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, you should, all you have to do is on Sunday night when we go to skate at Marathon Park, take a look up on the wall and has their valley has the years up there. It does. Their, uh, I I did notice on that plaque uh, they've actually started painting on the wall because they ran out of board. Oh no no that I'm sorry that's the uh, Marathon Cup. Oh yeah that is the Marathon Cup yes they've yeah. ran out of, they they have they have a board for anybody who hasn't been to to Marathon Park they have basically a full four to, four by eight sheet of plywood. Uh, marathon Cup on the top in the years that Wausau West has won, and they've run out of space, and they're now painting on the wall next to it. Um, my question mainly came from um, one of the things we get uh, every now and then when people complain about the top ten is they're like, well, you know, these teams are very similar, but this one plays in a harder conference. And, you know, comparing the Wisconsin Valley Conference to, say, the Great Northern Conference, I think overall the Wisconsin Valley Conference is better. But once you get past West and Spash, does that really matter? Um, when was the last time Wausau West lost to D.C. Everest or East Merrill or Marshfield or any of the other teams in the Wisconsin Valley Conference? So when it comes to rankings, at least as far as my ballot goes for anybody that's listening, it does not matter that Wausau West plays in the Wisconsin Valley Conference because other than Stevens Point and teams come up and down, you know, occasionally there are teams that can challenge West and skate with them. Rarely do they win. Um, it does not matter to me that Wausau West plays in the Wisconsin Valley Conference because they always win it. And other than Point, nobody really challenges them most of the time. And I would just like to add on, if, if you haven't been to, to, to Marathon Park uh, Hockey Rink, um, don't make a special trip. It's it's not like you know if you haven't been to the barn and Eagle the, the dome in Eagle River, you have to get up there, you know, and, and see that you know for a Northland Pines high school game. There's really nothing exceptional about the Marathon Park ice rink. It's just uh, 
county building with a, you know, hockey rink in the middle of it. All right, moving on to the girls' game of the week. Uh, Trasher's hometown, sort of, Wisconsin Valley Union, uh, took on the Rock County Fury this week. Man. All right, now I'm just trying to get over laughing at Burglar's little rant there, but yeah. Um, Marathon Park, I mean, it's a hockey rink, but uh, it, it's a hockey rink, right? Well, so, the county building that is sometimes a hockey rink is something of a tradition in the area. I mean, that's what Anago is, that's what Rhinelander is, that's the Marathon Park. I mean, that's what a lot of the hockey rinks up here are. It's just a county building that's a hockey rink in the winter. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good place. Uh, it's kind of tough for anybody that does what we do because there's... I mean, when I go there, I stand in the penalty box and take pictures and take my notes, and I got to duck pucks. Um, I know, like, Chad Holmes and those radio guys there on the end, and they can hardly see the scoreboard. The scoreboard is, like, right kind of straight away from them, but they can't read it unless they happen to, like, lean way left and look back to the right to see the scoreboard. Um, they're completely on one end of the rink, so... Uh, any uh, marathon parkers um, that are looking to improve the rink from a media standpoint, give us a call. We could help you out. Uh, it's pretty tough there. Uh, it's a hockey rink. It's been um, they're, uh, they're home for a long time, so so be it, right? Okay, so let's move on to the Wisconsin Valley Union and the Rock County Fury they played. On Friday the 8th at Janesville, and the the Valley Union ended up taking a 3-1 to one win over the Rock County Ferry, which was considered a, a minor upset. And the Union scored a goal in each of the three periods. First period, Shelby Treba scored early on in the game, two minutes in. Second period, Lauren Brecker scored to make it 2 to nothing. In the third period, uh, for Rock County, Maya Mazlanka scored in the middle of the period to cut the lead to two to one. Then, toward the end of the the end of the game, the uh, Fury Puller netminder and uh, Shelby Treba scored her second goal of the game with 42 seconds left to account for the three to one final. Um, in that game, Treba had two goals and an assist for three points. She led the way for the the Union. Uh, Pissa Cowden, who's been near the top one or two goal goaltenders uh, uh, all year, stopped 29 of 30 for the win. On the other side, Olivia Cronin stopped 20 and allowed two goals, uh, and plus the empty netter, of course, and. The Union took the, the minor upset, the 3-1 to one win over the Fury. And uh, that was the girls' game of the week that um, I think MJ was there, but he's not with us today. So I'll give you this little report, and uh, hopefully that will do it. Uh, back to you, Junior. Thank you. Uh, that will take us up to our Players of the Week with Burglar. Our Boys Player of the Week 
Jaden Hoople, a goalie from Chippewa Falls. Uh, due to weather concerns, they only had one game this week. He recorded 36 saves in a 4-1 to win over River Falls, but that win made him the all-time winningest goalie for Chippewa Falls, which has had a high school hockey program for quite a while. Uh, looking at looking at Jaden's career stats, I mean, he actually played uh, mo- he played most of the season uh, as a freshman. He was just a young dude, um, and he had three shutouts that year, five shutouts the next. Didn't have any shutouts last year, but two he finished with uh, eleven shutouts in his career, a career save percentage of 916 and a career high school career goals against average of 242. And I said 55 wins for Jaden Hoople of Chippewa Falls. On the girls' side, Gwen Parker from the Metro Lynx, another goalie. Uh, we like goalies. Uh, 36 saves, three goals allowed, and a 4-1 to loss to the Cap City Cougars and 37 saves in a 3-2 overtime win over the Bay Area Ice Bears. So a total of uh, 73 saves on 78 shots for 936 save percentage. Gwen Parker of the Metro Lynx. So two goalies as our players of the week in a week that was somewhat uh, shortened due to weather concerns as this week may also have some weather concerns, but those games will be made up right away, I would think. Um, that's it for the Players of the Week. Back to you. And just a reminder for all the coaches and fans out there, you can nominate your own Players of the Week uh, by emailing us at wiph3.0 at gmail.com. That's our normal email address. Um, or hitting the link on the uh, the Player of the Week page on the website. Uh, it does help um, if the games are scored on the website. It it helps a lot that we can actually verify the stats. That is correct. Make sure that nobody's trying to pull our legs or, and give games that actually didn't occur during the actual week of record. We do we do verify the stats, and if you've got a couple games played during the week uh, where the score sheet hasn't been entered yet, unfortunately we just can't make you player of the week. So um, bear that in mind, coaches. All right, moving on to the top ten. Uh, the boys' top ten, the top six are the same. Northland Pines, USM, Wausau West, Superior, Stevens Point, and Verona. A little shifting in the, the bottom four of the top ten. The boys, the bottom half of the top ten is just a mess. These teams just keep beating each other. Uh, seven is Nina Hortonville, Menasha. Eight is Onalaska. Nine is Eau Claire North. Ten is Sun Prairie. Honorable mention for the boys are Chippewa Falls, Eau Claire Memorial, Hudson, Madison West, and Notre Dame Academy. So once again, half of the Big Rivers Conference is represented. Uh, for the girls, the top eight are the same. Warbirds Alliance, Fox City Stars, Central Wisconsin Storm, Eau Claire Area Stars, Western Wisconsin Stars, St. Croix Valley Fusion, Hudson Raiders, USM Wildcats. Uh, the Cap City Cougars move up from honorable mention. The Hayward Co-op Hurricanes are still 10th. Uh, the Bay Area Ice Bears and Rock County Fury are honorable mention for the girls. It's getting kind of hard to rank the teams on the bottom half of the top 10 on the boys' side. They just keep beating each other. And you can't look at you know the last game played when you're doing a top ten. You've got to look at their body of work, and you know there's a lot of these teams that have splits against each other, or they've they've got the the rock paper scissors thing going on that we've talked about. It's getting kind of tough. 
it is getting kind of tough. And I think part of the problem, too, as far as the ranking goes, is that it seems like everybody's got their own method of madness, right? I mean, if uh, a five beats a six, they might flip-flop the six and five around for the week. But then what do you do with the, the number eight team that beats the number one team? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of different variables involved, and everybody's got their own mind in this. And so it kind of, you know, it makes it interesting. I, I think for the most part we get it pretty close, but um, honestly – and I, you guys probably agree with this too, is that uh, Mitch Hawker and uh, Jeff Rashan's rankings, the USHSHO and the stack rankings, I think are probably a little bit more accurate than the coaches poll. But, uh, you know, we just like to have it there for the sake of argument, and I think uh, get a little bit of that uh, along the way, right? By the end of the season, once everybody's got – 20 games in so you know you got the last four games left i think the two computer rankings are probably better than any human poll we could put together um but before that it's a toss-up and obviously they don't even bother running the computer rankings until we're like 12 15 games into the season uh, but yeah by the end of the season once everybody's got those 20 games in, i think it's probably a pretty a pretty accurate measure using the computer polls rather than the human poll but you know it's still fun. And he's, he's Trasher's never going to let us forget that one week where Northland Pines beat university school. That's his eight versus one and jumped right over them. And Spash beat Verona. That's his five and six. And they didn't even switch places. And he just keeps bringing that up every week. Oh man, it wasn't necessarily that. It was just an example. It it's the same. It's the same example you've used the last three weeks, and those are the same ranking numbers that they had at the time. I don't. I to, don't think. I'd have to go back and look at that. I don't. I don't the, think. The video. across the spectrum of ballots that anybody has as wide a span in their rankings as Verona does. Because um, I think there's still a couple ballots that have Verona top five. And there's some other ones that have them down to like 10. Um, I think Verona still has this wide swing in, in the ballots we're getting for them. Because, I think, one, their reputation is keeping them high, but outside of their two wins against Sun Prairie, they are winless in the top 10. Um, they got a couple ties in there with other teams in the top 10, but they are winless other than those two conference games with Sun Prairie. So it's kind of hard to rank them. They weren't all blowouts. I mean, the point loss was, I think, 5-2. to two. But they were, they, I mean, they were decent games, but, you know, so there's there's a lot of variance in Verona specifically uh, as, you know, part of Trasher's complaint. And, and my complaint every week when we share the ballots around. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that... Um... I, I think you have to have the, the coaches poll, the WIPH poll, and the other ones, they all kind of balance out. But um, have we been doing the composite poll? I don't – we really haven't, have we, where we did a, that last year? You kind of um, Not one that I've posted. I know that uh, Jeff Roshan, who does the stack ranking, put one together at some point um, earlier this year, but uh, it's never been something that we do often or proactively. 
but yeah, January 13th of this year we did one um, that was a composite of the My Hockey Rankings, the USHSHO, the Stack, and the the, the Top 10 Poll. Uh, but that was the last time it was run. Yeah, and I'm... You, uh, you, you say that, you know, we got to have the Top 10. It's, you know, if we got rid of it, I don't think I would be sad. No, I, and I don't think I would be either, but, you know, we have to have something that people can talk about and maybe complain about or maybe boast or brag or whatever, you know. You got the coach's poll, and it might be close to what the the statistical or the computer polls are, but maybe it's not. So either you have the argument for or the argument against, and I guess uh, – love makes the world go round right so everybody's everybody's got a little bit of uh of their their uh rankings for the better or for the worse and they kind of go with that so um i i think basically it's just it's for conversation it is for conversation and and what i've told several people and what you guys know as well as i do is that what it matters is who wins the last game of the year you know, that's what it all boils down to. So um, this is just conversational fodder for the next two or three weeks, and then uh, we'll see who actually can can stand up to it and make their poll worthwhile, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. I mean, if you think that the hate mail we get from people about the top ten is intense, you should see the messages we share to each other. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, next week, uh, some of you astute viewers will notice that we have not done sectional previews this week, as we have often done in the past. Um, we're not doing that this year. Next year, next week, we will be doing sectional previews after the regional round of games has been played. Um, that's not to slight any of the, the the teams that seasons may end in the regional. It's just. It's not something that we've gotten a lot of feedback on over the years, and uh, the regional play-in games typically aren't all that interesting, and it makes the sectional previews a lot longer when you have to talk about 122 teams across the boys and the girls. So this year, we're not doing previews for the regionals. Next week when we come back, we will do all 12 sectional previews um, with a strict time limit so that this is not a three-hour podcast. Plus, you have to add the fact that we're uh, minus two guys, so that can either be good or bad. And uh, But, yeah, I, I agree with you, Junior. I think that the, the, the teams that are involved next week are going to be the more realistic teams that are going to be involved in the, the, the winning of the tournament, the winning of the playoffs versus the – the eight versus the twelve, or the nine versus the ten. You know, they pretty tough for those guys to to get to the top of the 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 bracket. So, well, um, I don't want to sound like I'm whining, but you know, we're all we have day jobs. Like Wisconsin pro hockey doesn't pay the bills, and the sectional previews year after year after year have been a fairly large imposition on our time and effort. Um, and, you know, sometimes when everybody's busy and you've got stuff going on, you just need to step away from a couple of things. And this year, the sectional previews, uh, for at least the whole regional round 
there was there was too much. I mean, didn't didn't we actually break it up into like three nights or something? Yes, in the past, the last several years, we've broken it up into several nights. Um, yeah, we we can't we can't even get MJ here for one night a week. Try getting him here for three. <laughs> that that is true. Now, um, I think that's it for the sectional previews. Anything else that you gentlemen would like to talk about? Um, well, we have the uh, the WHCA Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association Player of the Year finalists have been announced today. There's eight of them. You can go on the website, wisconsinprephockey.net, and check that all out. Um, basically, just a, a quick tutorial on how that all works um, before we get any hate mail from that is that too late. Uh, well, yeah, but that then eh, eh. the right. the coaches the, the coaches nominate players, and usually it's from their own teams. Well, no, it, it's always from their own teams, and uh, those nominations make it to the the beginning of this whole uh, process. There was 25 nominations this year. Coaches nominated 25 players. The Coaches in the WHCA then chose their top five. So they, they basically voted for their, their five top players in this group of 25. And after that voting was all done, the eight players that had the most votes are going to be the eight finalists that will be honored at the um, – the state tournament banquet, the, the player of the year banquet, which will be held Wednesday, February 27th at the Alliant Energy Center, the exhibition hall, where it's been for the past several years. So um, we have nothing to do with this. It's coaches nominate their players and then the coaches vote. So the, the eight finalists are determined by the voting of the coaches. Uh, Wisconsin prep hockey has nothing to do with this, and um, we all we do basically is after the finalists have been announced, we basically promote them on the website. So that's kind of all we we have to do with that. Uh, if uh, one of your a player that you think should have been on there, or you know whatever. Um, probably need to talk to your coach maybe he wasn't nominated or if he was nominated it's probably a, a, a probably the most likely thing that happened is that he just didn't get enough votes to finish in the top eight so uh, Wisconsin prep hockey has nothing to do with the nominations or the voting we just promote it as best we can, and that's kind of where it's at, guys. Well, I think since we've already spent this much time talking about it, we might as well mention that they are uh, Gavin Abrick, a goalie from Hayward, Drake Baldwin, a forward from Madison West, Cole Danielson, a forward from Hudson, Garrett Larson, goalie from Waukesha, Robbie Newton, a forward from University School, Jake Osiki, the lone defenseman of the group from Verona, Jack Rohde, forward from Northland Pines, and Sam Stang, forward from Eau Claire North. And, of course, they are all seniors because that's part of the whole process is that to be seniors. 
That's a pretty good mix. That's six of the eight sections represented um, in the eight finalists for the Player of the Year award. So they're from all around the state. There's some tough choices in there, you know. I mean, it's not like you can easily say that there's eight cut-and-dried players that these are the ones that are going to get the most votes. I mean, you look at more than just their on-ice stuff. You look at their community service. You look at their scholastic records. Um, there's a lot more than just how do they do it on the ice. And, I, I, you know, I, I think that, that sometimes um, the on-ice records kind of dominates everything else. But um, when it comes down to kind of a tiebreaker, you know, you got to look at the kid who's got a, a 4.0 and he's first in his class versus a guy with a similar on-ice record that's got a, a 3.1 and he's you know 200 out of 400th in his class so i mean it's not just the best players it's the the best kids all around and um you know there's there's more than just eight that cut and dried that should get to the finalists i mean there's a lot of pluses amongst all these 25 players so it's a tough choice, you know, it, it you know, it, it, for the, for the coaches, you know, maybe there's some bias in there, kind of mix it all in, you know, the, uh, the on ice, the, the scholastic, the community service, it all kind of adds in. And that's, you want that, that, that whole, that whole thing to be uh, why you vote for that kid. I'm going to check and see if Michael wants to make his uh, weekly message about the Hobie Baker Award. I think it's done. Well, I know, but that doesn't mean he's done talking about it. It's done, um, but we we would like to thank everybody for for voting for or nominating for the Hobie Baker Award and uh, the Jeff Sauer Award, and now we have the the Player of the Year Award. Um, some very worthwhile awards that are going to be handed out here in the next two, three weeks, and thank you for nominating your players. Thank you for voting for your players. And uh, the next, uh, is it three weeks? Yeah, pretty much. 17, yeah, probably three weeks is going to be some very exciting hockey. Uh, We'll be there to cover it all. We're going to try to get to as many sectional finals as we can um, next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. And we'll be there at State, as we have been for the last, what has it been, Burglar, 18 years? Something like that, 18 years, since 2001 we started. And uh, we'll be there to cover it for you all. So uh, I'll send it back to you, Junior. All right, for Bill Berg, Michael Truszynski, I am Bill Berg, Jr. You've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.